0: Ready, steady, and go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the TryHard Fantasy Football Podcast. Another asterisk. special playoff <laughs> edition, I should say. Asterisk?
1: Yeah, asterisk. I'm getting to all... that. Oh my all gosh. Right, oh right, my right, gosh. Right, go,
0: go, go. Oh my gosh. You're ruining my intro, Steve. Well, all right, sorry, uh, sorry. as always, I'm your host, Brian. And with me is Steve, who wanted to interrupt and jump right in. Doesn't trust my host abilities, I see. Uh, even though he prefers I host.
1: Yeah, he I can't. he sounds like a robot
0: if he tries to make stuff up on the fly like this.
1: You got it. You got it. Go.
0: Okay, anyway, so welcome to another edition of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. And in some ways, an introduction to the Mostly BS Podcast, which Steve and I plan to start in the offseason season. Uh, for football. Steve, why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about that?
1: Well, this is kind of an off venture. So our first uh, podcast, the Try Hard Fantasy Football podcast, we were trying to decide what we were interested in, what we could both talk about, what we could commit to. And we found out that fantasy football was a perfect uh, vehicle for us to start our first podcast. And as we're becoming more apt at uh, the podcasting um I would, just like I would slightly think, apt to start with. I sli- don't know yeah, if we can
0: get slightly, more apt. Slightly, slightly apt.
1: apt. Yes, yeah, slightly apt at this uh podcasting thing. Uh we feel like we can start branching out. And so the mostly BS podcast is our branch out podcast, and it's it's about essentially whatever we want it to be about. Um our our first couple of topics would be about movies, but we thought, what better than Uh, What better of a topic than the current playoff uh, games in the NFL?
0: Yeah, and and why we thought this would work is we looked at, you know, and considered doing a a typical DFS podcast for the championship game weekend, but decided there's not a whole lot there to talk about. I mean, pretty much every player, uh, skill position player from every team is in play on a two game slate and it really just comes down to pick the players based on how you think the games are going to go. And so we decided it's probably better just for us to talk about that, how we see these games going, what we predict is going to happen, what we think would be most surprising if it happened, that kind of thing. So we thought we'd just kind of break down the games from our perspective and just give our feeling, our feelings and thoughts on them as opposed to in-depth analysis on each player. Because again, everyone's in play this week you've only got four teams playing
1: yeah i mean i it's i think winning or losing this week would really come down to which 49ers player do you think is actually going to have a good game um
0: which 49ers I mean, most, running back i think
1: running back or like, the receivers too
0: yeah maybe i guess if debo samuel or uh, emmanuel sanders has a huge game they they could impact but it's basically yeah, it's george Kittle and which other 49er will do anything
1: yeah and they'll likely be the cheapest uh, some of the cheapest. Honestly, I mean, Adam Humphreys will probably be the cheapest. But uh, what's Adam be. Humphreys?
0: I forgot he was still on the Titans.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Um. So instead of instead of just saying stack these people or absolutely play, um, the man amongst boys or the man amongst dudes. Uh, we're just going to talk about the actual games. So, and you're without gonna further like ado, it. I, I think, <laughs> I think we we should do is, is start with a couple of reactions to the previous games. I
0: I think we should not. I Why would much prefer if we didn't talk about the previous games. I don't. This is a football
1: podcast. Why wouldn't we talk about how we got here?
0: We we got here because my soul was crushed yet again, by the Vikings doing pretty much the most predictable thing ever in dominating the Saints and then getting dominated by San Francisco a week later. That's how we got here. Was it was it dominated, though? Because I, I
1: feel like in, in the first quarter, almost the first half, uh, the Vikings and the 49ers, like, you didn't know who was going to win. You saw that one long play to Diggs, and you're like, they could just – pop one off at any time
0: you didn't didn't. know i I, and the score maybe didn't show it but i knew after the first drive that minnesota was in a ton of trouble um i should say the first drive of each team and essentially it's because san francisco came into the game plan that was going to be effective where the vikings came in with their standard game plan so the teams are kind of mirrors of one another they're both better at running the football than throwing the football they both, however, do have talented pass catchers. And both defenses are very good at stopping the run. So that should have been, and, and it seemed it was, a lot of analysts, you know, the talking heads on ESPN and all the other sites were on this too. Is I mean, the play-action pass is going to be huge. The Vikings came out and did the old-school way of thinking of, okay, we've got to run to establish the play-action, which is just wrong. Statistics and analytics time and again have shown that you don't actually have to run the football effectively or much at all for play action passes to be uh, valuable and effective uh, just because human nature and the way defenses have to play, they have to react uh, to fake handoffs. So the Vikings came out, tried to run and went like three and out right away and, and showed they were really struggling, came in with a game plan where they weren't going to be aggressive. San Francisco came out the opposite. I think they passed on every play of their first drive or all but like one or two of a pretty long drive. And they were doing play action from the get-go, and they just moved the ball straight down the field and scored on the Vikings. Um, and that's what really showed me Minnesota was in trouble. San Francisco had adapted their typical game strategy to beat the Vikings, and the Vikings had not done the same. And that's kind of typical for Vikings in their letdown games, and it proved to be very, very true. But I really don't so want to do talk you, about that game anymore because I'm going to think it was?
1: Do you think the big difference was because Kyle Shanahan – Went and had lunch with like uh, the 49ers head coach McVeigh before the game or something. The Rams head coach, yeah,
0: yeah. probably. Yeah, they, the Rams. Maybe they called each other and you know, or just Kyle Shanahan probably just has a picture of Sean McVeigh in his office and he just glances at it every day and maybe rubs it a little bit and then and then he's good to go.
1: Do you think all these like Sean McVeigh uh, connected people like Sean McVeigh has this essence? And they just are stealing his essence, and so he's becoming a worse coach, and they're all be they're all benefiting <laughs> from taking his maybe essence.
0: maybe I wouldn't mind that I I don't mind the Rams seeing the Rams not do so well um, to be honest with you, but
1: uh, well, the big yeah. game I think uh, in the last week aside from the Vikings because we're both Vikings fans um, is the Titans Ravens, and I, I gotta say is I called this. I didn't wait, this is the first game the Ravens played. Yeah, I called this because I said that the well I I called it, but at the same time I was wrong in the way that I called it. Um <laughs> I said that the whoever was gonna play against the Ravens were going to make the Ravens look slow. We're gonna make um the, uh L- Lamar Jackson look slow, and that's the part I was wrong about. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, didn't I,
0: th- him I think smart. the Ravens put up <laughs> over 500 yards of offense, but somehow only scored 12 points. Um, you know, I think it, it was one of those games. Tennessee played well. Don't don't get me wrong. Like all credit to the Titans uh, and especially Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Who, um, you know, I mean Derrick Henry is being superhuman, and Ryan Tannehill has proven that maybe Adam Gase was the problem in Miami, and now in with the Jets, more than any players, but. I think Tennessee just had one of those, you know, best possible outcome games where things just all went their way. Um, The Ravens went for it on a bunch of fourth downs, which was the right thing to do in each of those chances, but didn't convert. I think any of them or only converted one out of five, something like that. So they really struggled on fourth down and did worse than what the percentages would uh, imply would happen on average in a game and Tennessee capitalized to their credit. So i mean tennessee is certainly a surprising team but they've been really really good since marcus mariota was benched in favor for Tannehill. <laughs> so we may have been under hyping tennessee you know if you just looked at the last 10 games of the regular season as opposed to uh their overall record but uh, yeah but i mean it but, was still a huge upset but it you know it, it's one of those things that can happen in the nfl you know the kind of any given sunday adage to be fair, though, when your running back has more than
1: his combined yards by himself are more than double the combined yards of the quarterback. I i mean, you got to I mean, the playoffs are about running. If you can run the ball, you're going to succeed. And I think the 49ers showed that against the uh against the Vikings. And Derrick Henry is like epitomizing that. All they have to do is just give the ball to Derrick Henry, and he just plows down everybody.
0: I I actually disagree. I mean, Derrick Henry and the Titans, I think, are a fringe case. They have a really good offensive line and a really powerful run, running back in Henry, obviously, uh, that can bowl over defenses and wear them down over time if he gets the ability to carry 30 times in the game, which he's got in the last three games and that's why you know in the in his last three games all must win games for Tennessee his lowest yardage output is 182 yards uh, against New England which is just crazy but i still think i mean passing teams are better and i i think we'll see this this weekend in, when they play Kansas City uh, you know kind of transition to that team and in the KC Houston game uh Kansas City's offense doesn't stop and Can't unlike stop, stop. Baltimore Uh, where, because Baltimore is also a run heavy team, uh, I don't really have a stat to back this up, but I expect that game went by really fast in terms of how much of the play clock, you know, the play clock, the game clock was actually used in play versus just time running off, uh, as teams reset after running plays, Kansas city can score in, in, you know, 30 seconds, they can score in one play even. Uh, Baltimore doesn't really have that. They marched down the field with a bunch of runs and short passes most of the time. So I think Kansas city will show that what they did against Houston coming back from 21 points down in the first it was 24, quarter, was it 24. It might, it might've even been 24 um, was, was no fluke. I mean, you just can't stop that offense uh, over and over again. And that's why, I mean, really the, the Kansas city Houston game was surprising because of the comeback. But I think if you just if you didn't know that and just saw the final score of a really high scoring game with a you know both quarterbacks having phenomenal games, that wouldn't surprise you at all. That's what you expected. Just the scoring came in bunches for one side than the other.
1: Yeah, it was twenty four so, zero at ten minutes with eleven then. minutes left in the second quarter.
0: Twenty four zero. Yeah, wow. and and so I mean. You know, high scoring teams can do that, can come back. And I think that's where Tennessee may struggle uh, is that it doesn't matter if Tennessee holds the ball for 40 minutes in the game. Kansas City can do plenty of damage in, you know, uh, with just a third of the time of possession. So, I mean, Kansas City showed that. I don't know if there's a whole lot to actually talk about in the Kansas City-Houston game. No. I Otherwise, think so. it was a great comeback, but it's not surprising. The best offense in football against a bad defense, they can come back from any you know number of points down. Um, similarly, I don't think there's a lot of, to talk about in the Green Bay Seattle game. That game basically went as expected. Packers win a close one. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson makes a lot of plays, but couldn't quite do it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made enough plays. The Packers got some help from the refs as they always do. And, you know, they there's came a, out on top the video,
1: at home. see that video going around. Uh, I think it was made by Chicago fans, but it's a video of all the times where the refs have saved or helped uh, Aaron Rodgers, and <laughs> there's a disclaimer on the video that says if you're like a Vikings or, a, or a Chicago Bears fans, don't watch this. You will be angry.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it happens all the time and Packer fans will point like to the one fail Mary play you know, from years ago with replacement referees is the worst thing ever. And the Packers seem, it just seems that for the Packers, whenever they need a big penalty, they get it. That's just how, it's just how it seems looking from the outside. Like whenever something has to go their way, the refs are there to help them out. Uh, and, and the refs did it again against Seattle. And so now, you know, my biggest fear, the Packers have a shot to go to the Super Bowl. Um Yeah, I think that's enough recap of these four games. Well,
1: can I can I just (laughs) do one? Remember what I said? Okay, this is a fantasy football one. Remember when I said about what I said about Marshawn Lynch?
0: They scored two touchdowns.
1: Two touchdowns might have like eight yards. Yeah, (laughs) he had two touchdowns and twenty six yards. Yeah,
0: no, I I I agreed with you. I said it was totally possible. Um, You know, that's that's the way they were using him they didn't want to they they couldn't put him out there for you know 80% of the snaps because you didn't know the offense probably is not in good enough game shape but they could get him out there when they're you know in, in the red zone or you know within the 10 yard line and give him a shot at getting in the end zone and, and he took care of that so yeah that was a good call by you it was pretty precise uh, but yeah it's, you know it's, so like, surprising but yeah that was a good so call
1: pick um, heads or tails heads all right AFC first. Okay. So so, at the chiefs.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, it's got an over under of 53, which is really high. And I actually think that's right. I mean, that's Kansas city project to get like 30, 31 points and Tennessee, you know, 22, 23 points. I think that's probably right. Um, I don't see Kansas city not scoring a bunch. Um, I just don't see any way they don't get to 28 points and Tennessee can just run the ball with Derrick Henry 30 times and probably force their way to 20 points. So I, I think that sounds right. Okay. But that's what should happen. Okay. That's what should happen. But we're talking. So when we're
1: talking about the Vikings, we talk about like themes about things that we know it should happen, but here's what actually happens because, you know, Vikings are cursed. Well, on on the on the side of Kansas City, you have Andy Reid, who—that's
0: like, true. He can't get to a Super Bowl,
1: and he yeah, can't win win. AFC that Championship be- comes around. Like, who knows what's what's actually going to happen? His I I worry that if Tennessee does get off to a a, a big like fourteen zero lead, then Tennessee is one hundred percent going to lose. But I think if the game is close, um, and they and they continue to be like three to seven, six to nine, six to ten, or, or or you know seven seven, ten ten, I think that uh, Tennessee could win this game. But if Tennessee gets off to an early lead, I think it, there's no chance that they win this
0: game. I mean, to be fair, Tennessee beat Kansas City in Week Ten in Tennessee, so it can happen. Uh, and that game was 35-32. So like I said, that's that's really what I expect. Um, since Kansas City's home, I think they take this one. I think their defense has been playing better since that game, really since their bye week, I think in week 12. Um, so I don't think it'll be quite that high scoring because I don't think Tennessee will get 35 points again. But that's I, I'm fully expecting that type of game. And like you said, I think, I don't know, I just don't see either team's defense dominating the other. I can't foresee that. How
1: well does uh, Tennessee play against the tight end?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, what did your cat say? <laughs> my my cat says not well. Uh, you know they're they're twenty fifth ranked um, in terms of fantasy points allowed to tight ends, uh, which means Travis Kelsey could have a very good game. I think he's you know in line for his solid game of anywhere from seventeen to twenty four points. It's pretty much his range and he gets that all the time. Other than last week where he got forty-four points with his three touchdown game.
1: So his last uh, game against Tennessee, he got twenty point five points, seven receptions for seventy-five yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, so I mean that's right in his average, you know? That's right right what you expect of him. Maybe another catcher in a few more yards instead of the touchdown could happen, but that's that's exactly what I'd expect from him again. It's kind of his did you, average. Projection. Did you
1: watch the kansas city uh game against houston i did not um, did you no i did not um so i'm looking at damian williams as he didn't have very many yards but he had a lot he had two touchdowns three touchdowns three
0: touchdowns yeah no he is he's not a great running back but he gets the ball in the red zone and he gets most of the running back um, looks. You know, he gets the majority of the carries and he gets targeted way more in the passing game than any other Kansas City back. Um, And with LaShawn McCoy, I think is just totally a bench player now for Kansas City. And, And apparently he's sick and missing practices this week. I don't think he'll be a factor at all. And so Kansas City really has no choice but to give it to Damian Williams. Uh, which makes him a great play in fantasy. Uh, but also, I I just think he's not good, but he's the only guy there. So he gets, you know, points. So Derrick
1: Henry, as you know, they, they played in week 10, had 188 yards. Typical rushing. day.
0: Typical day, right? <laughs> Typical day.
1: <laughs> two touchdowns, 188 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Against Kansas City, I think that's what everyone's been pointing to. Since Kansas City's uh, run defense is absolute garbage, kind of like the Vikings. Um,
0: that Derrick Henry, Henry should be able. I'm not taking the bait. I don't care. <laughs> Season's over. The Vikings are terrible at everything because they're not playing right now. So, Derrick Henry
1: should be able to run all over Kansas City.
0: Derrick Henry will run all over Kansas City. I, I have no doubt. The only thing that's going to stop Derrick Henry is an injury to Derrick Henry. Um, and you know, maybe he, I'd be worried. I could see him breaking down and wearing down a little bit just because he's gotten so many carry. I mean, he's gotten 96 carries in the last three weeks. That's kind of worrisome, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I think maybe adrenaline will get him through this game. And if they win, then he has two weeks to rest before the Super Bowl. That would be my only concern is that. Eventually running backs wear down, uh, you know, even within a season from too much workload. Uh, but you know, the NFL has good drugs, so they can probably, you know, pump them full of something to keep them going for one more game. Um, so I'm not worried. I, I like I said, I, I think this game's really high scoring. I think you could pick all the stars from this game and and play them and be happy in daily fantasy. The the only issue is obviously they're all the most expensive players. You know, um, Mahomes, Henry, Williams, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey are all over seven k. So you obviously can only play, you know, two maybe three of those guys, at the most this week. And, and so your decisions are just which of those players do you play. Um, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a craft shoot, but that's so that's what you do. over know. the
1: past over the past ten games. The only. Uh, game where derrick henry didn't get over 100 yards was against houston and that was the only game over the past 10 games that the tennessee titans have lost including the playoffs yep so i don't know i'm i'm a little bit worried for kansas city here because the formula is if derrick henry gets over 100 yards the titans win
0: yeah, I mean that 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 certainly held true. I think there's some correlation causation issues in that, but I I think it's more. I'm actually more worried about your your mention of the Andy Reid curse would actually yeah. give me more more pause. That that somehow Andy Reid was just is not allowed to win Super Bowls, um, and or even go to them. So. I think that's the most concerning thing is that maybe Andy Reid just is not going to be permitted by the football gods to win this game. Uh, Like I said, I think Derrick Henry will get his touches and it won't matter because he can score three touchdowns and have 200 yards rushing and Patrick Mahomes can still throw the ball 35 times for five touchdowns. So I I'm with Kansas city uh, this week. I think they they'll win fairly comfortably but it should be an entertaining game at the very least so okay let's do some let's do some guesswork so
1: first who do you want to win who do you think will win and and think about this in terms of like what you want the super bowl to look like
0: all right i want kansas city to win okay and i think kansas city will win and by how much what do you think the score will be i think kansas city wins by a touchdown so just under, which is actually like the, I think the Vegas spread is seven and a half. I think, I, I think Kansas city wins by seven.
1: But what do you think the score will be? So like seven, like in the twenties and the thirties.
0: I said that like, like 30 to 23, greater right on there. Okay.
1: I want Kansas city to win. I think Tennessee is going to win.
0: It's a bold call.
1: And I, I think it's going to be close to what you're saying. Probably a little bit lower scoring, like seventeen twenty-four.
0: I thought that's and a lot lower scoring than what I'm saying. But
1: well, I mean, it could be seventeen twenty-four. It could be twenty twenty-eight. Like somewhere, somewhere within that okay. range. I don't think, I don't think either team is going to get over thirty points. And I, I just, I just feel like uh, uh, the announcers are just by the end of the game are going to sound somber with how bad Kansas City looks. Like they're going to start making a comeback in the fourth quarter and then people are going to get excited and then there's going to be a big letdown like Mahomes throws an interception or he gets hurt or something and the announcers are just going to sound somber for like the last 6 minutes of the game as Tennessee just runs out the clock. I
0: I don't know. I Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football right now for my money. I agree. I don't I don't see him having a bad game. Um, especially when it when it counts. Like I said, I'm worried about Andy Reid maybe making a mistake, like not calling a timeout or calling a timeout at the wrong time and giving Tennessee an extra possession. And maybe Tennessee wins the game on that drive. Um, but I don't see a situation where it's Kansas City's offense that fails them.
1: All right. Well, you have it there. Brian, you you believe that uh you want Kansas City to win and you believe Kansas City will win by a touchdown. Yeah. I want Kansas City to win as well, but I believe Tennessee will win by a touchdown. Uh so let's go let's move on to the NFC where we have our beloved have Midwest green bay packers
0: hate you. no we have the evil incarnate green bay packers versus the only slightly less evil and terrible san francisco 49ers um so in I, san have francisco. A, I have have an actual
1: concern um like a concern not just for like myself but like for the well-being of this nation the united states of america because i as as everyone knows, I, I assume everybody knows this, that if you live in Wisconsin, if you're from Wisconsin, if you're somebody who associates themselves as a Wisconsin, Wisconsinian or whatever you call them, Wisconsinite, um, Wisconsinite, yeah, whatever, uh, you're, I, I think everyone knows this, you're not allowed to get into your car and operate your vehicle unless you are above a .08 in terms of blood alcohol level.
0: I mean, that's nationwide, but okay.
1: Yeah, so, no, unless you're above a point
0: of... Oh, or. oh. So, unless
1: you are legally too drunk to drive in Wisconsin, if you are from Wisconsin, you are not allowed to operate a vehicle unless you are legally above the alcohol limit. Now, I, I have is a concern... This a long-winded story. I have a concern that since this is going to be, I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' last hurrah... Um like, last chance to actually get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that the Wisconsinites all around the nation are going to, like, band together, and they're going to, like, send out um, MySpace messages uh, to all of their friends on their GeoCities accounts, uh, their GeoCities pages, because, you know, people Wisconsin. Yeah, we're, we're
0: getting it. Yeah, I get, um, it. I get it. It's clever. And they're
1: all going to drive drunk throughout the nation at one time, and
0: but but by throughout the nation, you mean Wisconsin, Eastern Minnesota for a little bit, Northern Iowa, Illinois, and, South Dakota, North and Dakota, Arizona, and Florida, Michigan. No,
1: yeah, I think so. I, anyway, I'm concerned.
0: I anyway, that's that's an interesting take. Um, I'm just going to ignore it. If I am not concerned, leave my house. I'm concerned because I think the world. A football is conspiring against Vikings fans and uh, might put the Green Bay into the Super Bowl, even though they're a terrible team, just because, you know, just because it will hurt the Vikings fans the most. Um, By all accounts, San Francisco should win this game handily. Um, I mean, the last time they played, San Francisco won 37 to 8. It was an absolute drubbing of the Packers. I believe that was a Thursday night game in San Francisco, however, which makes it a little harder to project as a, you know, a meaningful um, preview of this upcoming playoff game. But San Francisco is by far the better team. I think they're better in every position save quarterback. And even then Aaron Rodgers hasn't been so amazing this year that he can, um, put the Packers on his back and carry them, especially against San Francisco's defense. So I think think you just called it right there. What's going to happen? I, I probably, again, I expect the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to luck out with some help from the refs and and win this game. Uh, Even though that's not what, you know, any part of my football mind uh, can see, you know, being the most likely outcome, but just because that's just how things work for Vikings fans. So how how
1: about these quarterbacks? Like on both AFC and NFC? Garoppolo is a beautiful man. Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good looking guy. Tannehill, good looking guy. Mahomes I don't even
0: know what Ryan Tannehill looks like. Oh yeah, he's he's fine. He's Mahomes great.
1: is kind of a goofy looking but not unattractive guy. I mean and it, it makes you think that maybe there is something to the whole like quarterback uh, physique body type look that that everyone talks about so you know that i, that I would
0: actually point. say that's a self-fulfilling prophecy if we really want to get into that i think that's a discrepancy that starts in childhood and just continues on where the better looking people cuz i mean this is even proven in in all facets of life better looking people and taller especially taller men uh, are looked on more highly than people who are below average, you know, in society's view of looks or are shorter. And so quarterbacks, you know, they're the kid chosen by the coach in middle school. They're probably taller. They're charismatic. People like them uh, and they're good looking. All that stuff helps you in middle, middle school a lot, you know, gives you confidence. They become the quarterback. They get the chance to grow up and be the quarterback And it just kind of becomes self-fulfilling. Not to mention the NFL does that. Don't forget, people, real NFL scouts, sincerely had concerns that Andy Dalton was a redhead because they didn't know of any Hall of Fame quarterback that was a redhead in NFL history. Like, that was an NFL scout's position. That's how absurd, uh, you know, some people can be when analyzing others. It's, It's the whole thing that um Billy Bean with the Oakland A's was railing against uh when he started kind of the money ball trend that you know who cares if someone's got the look of a hitter and of a superstar just look at their numbers see what they can do um so I I think that's more why you know you have more pretty boy quarterbacks than you would expect so looking at the quarterbacks
1: that are going to be in the 2020 draft like of them, we're
0: like just like Joe, all off the rails here.
1: Uh, we have the bur the Burrow kid. He hasn't um, he hasn't
0: said he's gonna join yet, has he? He's joining. You think he is? I I I think he was a senior. I don't I don't think he. I think they haven't made news of that because I'm pretty sure he's a senior.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But yeah, Joe Burrow will be the number one in the pick in the draft. He's not not going. But does he have the look? Oh my gosh. Okay. Does he have the look? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think he does. I don't care. I'm not judging. He kind of looks, I'm not, I'm not indulging you in like this that. Uh, no, we're sticking, we're Boomers sticking this weekend. Him. I don't care, Steve. We're, we're sticking with the San Francisco green Bay game. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here. You know, for a little daily fantasy, I think of the, of the four quarterbacks, the only one that I'm definitely not playing in daily fantasy is Aaron Rodgers. Um, He's the second highest priced quarterback, which seems odd given Tannehill has averaged more points over the year than Rodgers and Garoppolo is so much cheaper than Rodgers and yet faces a much worse defense. I That's one of the few things that I, I know about this week is, you know, if I play a lot of lineups, I don't really like two game slates that much. But if I do, like Aaron Rodgers is the one quarterback I have no interest in. How dare you? How dare you? How how dare I take this podcast back to NFL and, and daily fantasy sports? Or how dare yeah, what I about... the name of Aaron Rodgers? Uh both. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> I, of all of the of all the quarterbacks there, I, I guess since Aaron Rodgers is sixty one hundred, like more expensive than Tannehill and Garoppolo, I would say he I probably wouldn't play him. But um I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers. Although Aaron Rodgers has not been Aaron Rodgers this year. Aaron Rodgers honest, has basically been like a good Kirk Cousins.
0: He's I don't think I think Kirk Cousins has been better. To be honest with you, just totally objectively, I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins is, has which better one of numbers. Them,
1: which one of them uh is in the NFC championship?
0: That hurts, Steve. That cuts deep. Okay. Maybe we should wrap this podcast up. No, um, to be honest, actually, I really just would want to play Patrick Mahomes. I would probably just find a way to force myself to play Mahomes uh, in any lineup because he's going to be good. Uh, I, I just don't see him having a, a bad game or even a below average game for him. So 24 points seems like a given to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let, let's get see if what, what do you think is going to happen in this game and, and what do you want to happen? And, you know, Green Bay at San Francisco. Uh, so
1: the, what I want to happen is a little bit, uh, hedging sounds like hedging bets, but it's not, I want the Packers to lose, but at the same. So I like, I like both storylines. So on, on the AFC side, I want absolutely want Kansas city to win. Cause I think the storylines with Jimmy G versus Patrick Mahomes will be a good storyline. But at the same time, I think the storyline of Aaron Rodgers older, um, mobile, not guns, very accurate, but still he's kind of a gunslinger quarterback. I know he does. Aaron Rodgers is not a gunslinger anymore. I know we attribute, hold on. I know we attribute gunslinger to interceptions, but if you watch Aaron, I know everyone's watched Aaron Rodgers play, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you watch, watch Aaron Rodgers play, he throws really difficult passes and he throws risky passes. He's just much better and more accurate than everybody else. And I
0: disagree. I I think he's a good improviser, but I don't think he's a gunslinger anymore. I think he is fearful fearful of ever throwing a pick. And and that's why he it's part of the reason he doesn't throw many, but also a reason why his touchdowns and, and yards are down is he doesn't he doesn't take shots that could be picked off. He'll throw difficult passes like a deep ball, but he knows if he misses that throw, it's just an incompletion. He doesn't really seem to want to throw the ball into traffic where you know the outcome could be really good but the the reverse you know could can also be true that could result in a bad interception I you agree not anymore like
1: but to me to me Mahomes seems like very similar to a young Aaron Rodgers since brent Favre's not playing anymore oh, yeah. I say he's very similar to a younger Aaron Rodgers and I I think that storyline, the old vet, the old Wiley vet that has a lot of tricks up his sleeve and is one of the most accurate uh quarterbacks ever, one of the most skilled quarterbacks ever against the young phenom who who looks like the best the best thing since Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I think that storyline would be good as well. But then also the two young players going against each other, the new the new um uh the new prestige in the NFL and uh I don't know. I think that would be interesting as well. But I want of those two storylines, the one I want more is uh Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. I actually think I actually think that's what's going to happen. I think that um uh, the I think that the 49ers are going to lay an egg and they're not going to be able to rush the ball as well as they did against Minnesota and Jimmy G's going to start throwing picks like he usually does. And the Packers are just going to roll their way, not roll, but like very easily win that game.
0: Well, I don't think it'll be I high really scoring, but I think wrong. it'll be easy for them. I I definitely want San Francisco to win, not only because the Packers are the bitter rivals of the Vikings, so that is a large part of it. But also, I think a San Francisco-Kansas City matchup in the Super Bowl would be fantastic. You have a really good rushing team against a bad rushing defense and you have what i think is probably the most complete and best offense in the nfl against a one of the most dominating defenses in the nfl so i think you have interesting and good matchups all the way around and that should be a good medium scoring game i think kansas city would destroy green green bay for the most part but uh, and I think San Francisco is going to win with my head. My head thinks San Francisco is going to win, but my soul, I kind of expect the Packers to win. I'm, and maybe I'm just preparing for more pain and the need to open up another bottle of whiskey on Sunday night. Please but don't. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I won't get in the car and drive. I'm, I'm a Minnesotan, not a Wisconsinite, so I won't drive after I've drank in that whiskey, but I, I may have to open it up if the Packers win. Well,
1: you're also Um, not required to as someone from a rational state that lives in uh, the 2020s now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I really do think San Francisco is a superior team and matches up really well with the Packers. So I I think they'll win, Uh, but I'm prepared for the worst from my perspective.
1: So for those of you interested in terms of fantasy, um, if I was going to rank running backs this week my number one running back would be uh jamal williams on the packers and i think he's going to have a huge impact on this game over the middle of the field catching passes the last time they played uh the packers were mostly ineffective against the 49ers but jamal williams had the most cat i think the most catches he had all season and that's because he plays a- around the middle of the field and that's where you can move the ball against the 49ers uh, so I think if you're looking for a low price running back this week, Jamal Williams is, I think, the, your best
0: bet. See, I that's interesting. I actually was going to. I mean, Derrick Henry is my number one player on the slate, but I think the other running back that I'm really intrigued by is actually Aaron Jones, um, because although San Francisco is very good against running backs, they the Packers give Jones the ball in the red zone a ton and he will be involved in the passing game. And I know Williams had the big game against San Francisco in their previous matchup, but that was the game where Aaron Jones fumbled, I think, on consecutive drives, then dropped a sure touchdown pass, and then basically got benched for most of the game. I don't foresee that happening again, and so I think Aaron Jones will get the work, and he's been priced down a bit from his prior weeks. He's only 6,700 now. So I actually like him a bit. Uh, it's the same way, like, I, I like Raheem Mostert more again this week because his price is way down after Tevin Coleman had the big game against the Vikings. So I so disagree with I, this. Like I like the bounce back running backs this week, uh, though obviously Derek Henry too. As far as wide receiver goes, I think this is where it's going to be more difficult. The only one that really stands out to me is A.J. Brown, who's all the way down yeah. at 5,200. Uh, he's had poor showings the last two weeks, but that was against new England and Stefan Gilmore, the best cornerback in the NFL and likely the defensive player of the year for 2019 and against the Ravens, the Titans just didn't need to throw the ball at all. I expect the Titans to actually have to throw the ball some in this game to keep up with Kansas city and 5,200 is just too cheap for a guy that has, um, you know, long touchdown breaking ability. Other than that, everyone seems to be priced about right. Um,
1: yeah, it does not make sense for AJ Brown to be 5,200 and Debo Samuel 5,500. Doesn't make yeah,
0: sense. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why you would take. I mean, I, w- I might play both of them, but I don't know why you would take Debo Samuel over AJ Brown. Um, but nothing else stands out to me at wide receivers. They're, they're all kind of priced appropriately. And obviously, everyone below Emmanuel Sanders is kind of a dart throw. Uh, that's going to get four targets and you just be hoping they get in the end zone yeah um so we talked about who we want to
1: win and who we think we're going who we think's going to win um so let's say our my ideal super bowl matchup is the packers against the um the Kansas City Chiefs what's yours Chiefs 49ers Chiefs 49ers and who do you think's going to win that matchup
0: you know, I don't know. I think Kansas City, but I, I think that would be an extremely close and really good game. I think it it's basically a coin flip. But it, right now, I'd say I'd go with Kansas City in that matchup.
1: Oh, man. Can you Can you imagine if Jimmy G, the year that Brady looks terrible and is ready to exit? People are saying he's going to retire or change uh, teams if Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl. Can you imagine that?
0: That would be quite the dagger into New England's heart. Uh, I would enjoy that. As someone who lived in Boston for a time, I would enjoy Patriots fans having some minor suffering, you know, after their twenty years of dominance in like all pro sports. I've changed my mind. I want the I want San Francisco to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad our podcast at least convinced someone to To look at something in a new way, <laughs> even though it was you uh, changing your own mind.
1: Yeah, I, that storyline is just too juicy. I want the juiciest storyline, and that one is is it's got the most legs to it. And that would
0: preserve Andy Reid can't win a Super Bowl. He, that's he right. made it. He makes it to one, but doesn't win it. That that would preserve that. So that that's so probably is go... the best storyline.
1: I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy G against Kansas city and Jimmy G is super bowl MVP.
0: I think it's Jimmy G versus Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Well, I mean, that's the most likely outcome, <laughs> but sorry. I, I'm just, it's state the obvious, but you know, when the, uh, the obvious is obvious for a reason.
1: God, can you imagine what it's going to be like if it's Tennessee against green Bay
0: I'm gonna cry. Then the such... Packers will be favored.
1: Oh, That'd be such a terrible game to watch.
0: Yeah, it would. It it well, it'd be two mediocre teams. I mean, maybe Tennessee is really, really good. We'll see. If Tennessee beats Kansas City, I'm gonna have to give them props and declare them an actual good football team, but uh, like I will never believe, we saying, yeah, we saying, never believe the I'm Packers. Yeah, I'll never believe I'm not ranking
1: Derrick Henry, I'm not ranking Derrick Henry. <laughs>
0: Okay, no one's ever had a stretch like he's had the last 8 weeks. It's just well, crazy. literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally no one's ever done this before. Okay. Right. Well, well, I think I think that about wraps it up. We've probably stretched uh, a conversation about 2 NFL games about as long as we can go.
1: Whatever. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, but you didn't want to talk about the looks of the quarterbacks that are in the draft.
0: That, that's a whole separate conversation. I gave my piece on that, but that's a whole separate conversation.
1: What about, so what about that really long, that lanky, tall, long-haired guy? Like, he doesn't look, he looks like a Nick Foles Jr.
0: Who are you talking about? Trevor Isn't Lawrence? There, yeah, Clubhouse Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he looks like. Mm. I mean, he's 6'6", 250, so I don't know how lanky that is, but.
1: Well, his face looks skinny.
0: But he uh he's going to be good. I mean he's it's you know, people were tanking for Tua this year until Tua broke his hip and might have lost his NFL career. Uh people will be tanking for Trevor next year. So the cycle I will mean, continue.
1: People thought Baker Mayfield was gonna get forty-nine touchdowns this year.
0: Yeah, Baker Baker struggled. So did Mitchell Trubisky though, Steve. So let's not uh Declare you a had true a better year, Savant. I mean, Trubisky didn't get his coach fired, so I guess Trubisky, <laughs> true. Yeah, no, Trubisky mean, it's, it's, didn't get every executive in his know. organization fired. Well, Do we well, I'm know sure Mayfield had a better season? Mayfield at least throws the ball, I guess. Yeah, how about fantasy points? I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? Who had the most fantasy points between two bad players? I do. It's like <laughs> I thought I made that had, clear. <laughs> who, who had more fantasy points? You know, Laquan Treadwell or I don't know the I don't or Kendrick Bourne. I don't even actually know if that's his full name, but like, who cares? I'll look it up for you. But I just don't know why it matters. All right, look it up. Look it up. Well, Mayfield had Mayfield had 259 fantasy points. Okay, so that's actually not terrible. I mean, that's more than Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Drew Brees. Ryan
1: Tannehill didn't play the first six games. I
0: know, but it, it's more than all those guys. Mitchell Trubisky had 218 fantasy.
1: So points. you you just named Ryan Tannehill and Drew Brees, people who did not play the full
0: season. Oh, that's true. Drew, Drew Brees got hurt. That, okay, he had almost as many as Kirk Cousins. He had more than Derek Carr, um, more than Andy Dalton, more than Jacoby Brissett. I guess everyone below him did miss games, except for Derek Carr. <laughs> so you're right. So he was the worst quarter. So Other than Mitchell Trubisky, oh no, Trubisky missed games too. Baker Mayfield was the worst quarterback that that didn't miss any games. <laughs> that's kind of funny. So, wait, so who finished higher
1: with more points? Mayfield, by a lot, by 40 points. 40 points, that's like, so how many games did Trubisky miss? One and a half? Two?
0: I think he missed like two and a half or three. It's going to be hard to tell because he got injured in a couple of them. i say you, you could say he missed two and a half
1: games. Two and a half games, so let's say he gets 18,
0: 17 points a game.
1: Hmm? I bet he he got about the same. It'd be amount. close.
0: I don't know if he gets seventeen points a game, but yeah, it'd be yeah. He, he's close to Mayfield. But it doesn't matter. They're both terrible. Like I said, who cares? I think no, actually, I agree. I agree. The only they're thing that's surprising they're both- to me is that uh, Kurt Cousins was that only that far ahead of of Mayfield.
1: I, I was looking know. at some early projections for next year. So, you know, uh, Instagram, uh, foot fancy football people, uh, they were doing early projections for next year's quarterback rankings and they're doing top twenties and Kirk cousins wasn't in anyone's top 20, but Derek Carr was (laughs) nice. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: It's, it's, it's like people don't even understand how football works. It's really surprising. Cousins basically missed two games this season, so you know it. But it is Why what it is.
1: He not to show up.
0: Well, he didn't dress for the last game. Oh no, he dressed, but they did. He didn't play the last game of the season, and he only attempted ten passes in the first game of the season because the Vikings' defense destroyed the Falcons off the get-go. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean. I'd like to see the 20 quarterbacks that people would take in fantasy ahead of Kirk Cousins, but that's neither here nor there. We've, we're have we going so far off the rails now. We're doing previews of 2020 when this season hasn't even ended yet. So we're turning into Instagram analysis now.
1: No, it's meta. This is meta. <laughs> meta if now. If you say so. We're,
0: yeah. Anyways. All right. Well... Okay, good wrap up. Good end to the season. This is probably our last uh football podcast this year, I think. I don't know. Well, I think we'll... we'll talk about the draft. Yeah, we'll do the draft in the off season, but I mean as far as like yeah. the Super Bowl is concerned, there's there's no real DFS stuff to talk about in the Super Bowl. I, uh, I
1: like to do uh season long predictions for uh, for podcasts, for podcasts before we do any DFS stuff. So, mhm. Yeah, we'll yeah, come definitely. back with those. Uh, I'm sure all the people that are listening will know uh, ahead of time because we'll post on social media and they'll be very interested and in, and come back and download the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, We'll get uh, a new site up and running at some point. I, I've looked into some new uh, site hosting places. I didn't like the last one very much. Sorry if you liked it, but I didn't like the way that the site was edited. And so... Um, We'll be trying a new site hosting uh, place at some point. And it might look a little bit different this uh, coming season for those of you that actually looked at the site. was When I looked at when we brought the site down, this is an off-air thing, and I'm going to leave it in anyway. Um, when I looked at when we brought the site down, our podcast numbers actually went down. So people were accessing the podcast through the site. So that's something. They that yeah. did That's good news.
0: Definitely. Anyways.
1: Well, thanks thanks for joining people. us. Uh, we uh, will let you know about the our mostly BS podcast. It will it'll be likely uh, starting topics on on movies, you know, over the past ten years and and whatnot. But um, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. It'll be engaging and emotional and uh, yeah, rambling and mostly rambling BS like I'm doing now. And mostly yeah. BS. And we have our own podcast. You don't. So deal with it.
0: to be fair whoever's listening probably does i mean doesn't everyone have a podcast these days well everyone could have have a podcast everyone could yeah i would say i would (laughs) say that
1: our okay again more extra information i'm sure people have already turned it off by now if you haven't then go ahead um but (laughs) (laughs) but uh it it does take a lot of work to make the podcast sound good like our podcast sounds like a professional podcast and we don't have a theme song i've been talking uh I haven't decided what we haven't decided what way we want to go with the theme song yet. Um, but we have a band, a band that is willing to make one for us. And I need, once we decide how we want to uh, do it. So, I mean, we're may, we, I recommend you make your own podcast and then see all of the stuff it takes to, to make it sound good. And then you'll have some appreciation for, for a little startup podcast like our own
0: i appreciate you steve anyways um i feel feel like like, i should say peace out or something